Wait, 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 wait. Well, let's try that again. Come on, I need some energy today. I need some help today. Come on, Summer Church, one time. Come on. Listen, that helps me out a lot, man. I'm so thankful that you're here. I know it's been a long football weekend. How about them Tigers? Come on, y'all. Where y'all at? Come on. But more importantly, for Brian Reed, how about them volunteers, son, right here? Come on, y'all. That's Brian Reed waiting on vol uh, the volunteers to beat the Crimson Tide, if y'all didn't know that. So. It's been a crazy, crazy weekend, but we're just so thankful that in all of the football and all the crazy stuff, extracurricular activities you've been going through that you made it today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to have some fun today, but we're also going to learn a lot. So that's the goal is that when you walk out of here, the message applies to you. But I just can't thank you enough for getting up and coming down here. I know there's a lot of people watching online, and we're very, very grateful for them. But your energy brings the, a lot to this room. So we're just thankful for you making time to be a part of the service today. So we're continuing the signs series. And as I have requested, you continue to send in signs. So just for those that don't know what's going on if you're first time here, I'm going to put my email address up here because we're asking you if you look for signs out in the community, you know, wherever it may be, send them to me because we're having a little fun with it in this series. And so many of you from all across the country have been sending in these signs and some of them are really great. And we start every week with a little, I saw the signs from Ace of Base and we'll kind of see some of my favorites. I can't put them all in there. Some we put in the pre-show, some we put during the service, but here's some of my favorites from this week. Let's check it out. Here we go. Vote no school levies, right? And then look close. The correct plural form of levy is levies, not levies. Support your schools. Come on, y'all. That's pretty funny. Sometimes God doesn't change your situation because he's busy changing you. Can I get an amen on that somewhere? You're only as pretty as you treat people. There's a pretty good one. I love it. But this is probably one of my favorites. If you can't make you look good, you ugly. That's good. Then going to bed early, not leaving my house, required naps. My childhood punishments are now my adult goals. Can I get an amen on that somewhere, old people? Come on, y'all. Come on. Boy, y'all are sluggish today. Come on, y'all. Help me out. Come on. Now, why do I want your help today? It's because you got to really get in this message if you're going to pay attention. By the time you leave, if you're not paying attention, I'm telling you, it's going to mess with you because you may hear part of it and you go, what was he talking about today? And I want you to know that it applies to you. When we talk about signs, we've covered a lot. We've talked Tesla in the past, little music side of things, Ace of Bait, Train, we've done all that. We've done a few movie clips. We did Evan Almighty and Bruce Almighty. But this next picture right here, this movie poster, is one of the reasons that I had the idea to do this series called Signs. Old school movie. Mel Gibson, a guy by the name of M. Night Shyamalan, made this way back in the day. It's kind of spooky and kind of weird and all kind of little vibes in there. But I pulled a trailer in case you don't know anything about it. But you get to participate today. That's why I need some energy. Do you want to go old school, original trailer, or do you want to go modern trailer? The early service went with the original trailer. But which ones do you want to see? Which one do you want to watch? But I need a sound from you, a round of applause to know. So do you want original today? What would you like, the 11 o'clock? Okay. Or do you want modern trailer? Where are you at? Come on, let me hear you. Ooh, I think it's original still. Let's watch original. See you in a minute.
Anybody remember that old movie? Where are you at? Come on, let me hear you. Love it, man, because I love Mel Gibson. I mean, back in the day, man, he was the man. You loved being to watch his movies. But then you got Phoenix in there, Joaquin, which is crazy. You know, now all these famous actors and doing all these Academy Awards, amazing actors. But what's weird about this movie, it's got that spooky thing. It could kind of go more Halloween, but it's really more suspense. But I should have probably waited till Halloween, but now I'm going to go ahead and let you know. I mean, there may be some more spooky stuff coming on October 30th because we'll be talking about end-time signs uh, specifically on October 30th message, but that's what a lot of people believed this movie was about. And there are those themes in there. It kind of walks through that because there's all of these questions, and as they start trying to answer these, there's also uh, an unusual element that enters into this movie. So for a spoiler alert, let me go ahead and tell you, and I want you to holler it out. So if you've never seen it, you want to watch it, don't pay attention now, but for all those that have, what is this movie about? Does anybody know what it's about? Come on, give me, huh? Good, I hear somebody say faith, which is really good. I hear somebody else say aliens. If you said aliens, you are correct, because the idea was it was aliens, all right? There's idea that what was going on is these aliens were given all these signs, and they thought it was the end of time, but if you go deeper, man, whoever hollowed out faith, you were exactly right. There was a deeper meaning to the movie. Everyone thought it was just aliens and weird and all this kind of stuff. But I went and watched the making of the film. My kids love movies. My son loves movies. He's trying to get into that business and working all that stuff out. So we always kind of look at how it was made or what was the thought behind it. And M. Night Shyamalan actually put out a documentary about an hour long of what his ideas were when it came to making this movie. So I pulled one of the clip for you, and it will prove that you were both right if you said aliens and you said faith, because listen close as he talks about all of these elements that he worked into this one film. Watch. There's a lot of religious iconography in the film. Graham's character has lost his faith, and one of the opening shots of the movie has just the shadow of a cross on a bedroom wall. The metaphor for me was to say that a man may decide that he's lost his faith, but his faith is always going to be around him. There's like all kinds of icons of faith and belief and religion tucked away in the house for people to find. There's lots of signs around. It looks a little like our house, doesn't it? Is it possible that there are no coincidences? See, that was his idea, is he was sitting down thinking of all these comments that he's heard from people when it comes to coincidences and, you know, is there really something going on or not on every level in our life. And the deeper thought of the movie was, it's faith either way you look at it. Sometimes, as you heard, the character has lost his faith. Other times, you're trying to navigate your faith. And then other people are going, man, I have a strong faith. Well, here is the writer, director, M. Night Shyamalan. This is what he looks like, an amazing director, very respected in Hollywood. Got to be honest, though, if you watch some of his movies, they're weird and they're horrible. But a couple of times, you're like, that's pretty good. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what he was going for. He just filmed another one here in North Louisiana on Caddo Lake. Uh, it'll be coming out probably in the next year or so. But uh, we're thankful he's in the area helping people do that. But this is why I do love him is because of thoughts like this. I pulled a quote that he actually um, spoke and was walking through when he talked about this movie Signs. And here it is. It says, people break down into two groups when they experience something, quote, lucky. One group sees it as a sign, as evidence that there is someone up there watching out for them. Continues on, group two sees it 
as just pure luck. The situation is 50-50. Could be bad, could be good. But deep down they feel for whatever happens, right, they're on their own and that fills them with, what's this last word right here? Good. I appreciate y'all participating. And we already get the ideas like, you know, you're kind of walking through life and you're trying to navigate what's happening. And if you don't believe somebody's up there and you just kind of believe it's just happenstance, then there's a tendency to be full of fear on that. But there's a whole lot of people, continues, in group one, they're looking at a miracle. They're looking for that miracle. And deep down, they feel that whatever's going to happen, there will be someone there to help them. And that fills them, what's this word in the end? What? Hope. Two contrasting things. Man, when you don't really believe anybody's there, there's this fear side, there's this anxiety. But if you do believe and trust in that there is someone greater than you, for us, that is the person of Jesus. But for many people, they're trying to figure that out. But I get it. Then there is some hope associated with that. He continues, he says, see what you have to ask yourself is this. This is what he kind of went through in this movie. What kind of person are you? Are you the kind that sees signs, that sees miracles? Or do you believe that people are just lucky? Or, as you heard in that trailer, look at this question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? Fear, hope, a person of faith. Friday night, about 1 o'clock in the morning, get a phone call. You already know I'm chaplain for Bossier City, work with the fire department you know, primarily, but also do some police work over there, and I'm honored to do whatever they ask me to do, however I can serve or help. But I've got to be honest with you. When I get a call in the middle of the night, I know it's going to be a tough situation, but I didn't expect or prepare myself for this particular situation. As you know, I'm a man of faith. I do know Jesus. I do trust him. But if I'm honest, there are times that I'm going, okay, God, I'm struggling. And if my faith is weaker, then I can let that fear come in and that doubt. But if I'm strong, then there's hope. Well, this happens at 1 o'clock in the morning. The phone rings. It's Captain Bragg. He says, Justin, I need you. It's actually dispatch. And they said, Captain Bragg needs you. We're dispatching you to LSU. If you go to LSU, one of the most uh, amazing places because it's the only trauma hospital in our area and they do a phenomenal job of working with trauma. But if you're going to LSU, it's usually not a good situation. And it was a Bozier fireman and his family leaving the Evangel football game. She teaches at Evangel in a sand truck full of sand, full speed. We believe the guy fell asleep at the well and T-boned her, excuse me, at the wheel and T-boned her at a stop sign. Knocked the car over multiple times, but when I'm beginning to get some of the details, as I'm driving in and I'm gathering some of the intel before I get there, I'm being honest with you, fear begins to come into my life. I'm fearful for the family. I'm fearful for what I'm about to encounter because I'm thinking in my mind, Lord, this is not going to be good. And, and the captain, as he's talking to me, we don't, neither one of us, we're going, how could it be good? There's three small children in the car and his wife, and the fireman was behind the vehicle and actually watched the 18-wheeler hit his wife and children. Car explodes into a bunch of pieces. This is what the car looked like. And I'm thinking, this cannot be good. But there's a part of me that I'm going, God, I know you're a God. I know you're there, and I know you care about these people. And as this fear is trying to come in, I am battling, going, I need hope. I need to put my trust in you, and I need to help this family. And God, get my mind right as I'm walking into this situation. Help me, Lord, to trust you. Help me to be a, be a comfort to them, to provide some peace. Help me to figure out whatever I got to do. So when I walk in here, I need you, and I'm dependent on you because I do trust you. But God, I'm being honest. There's some fear in here. 
But I'm trying to believe that by faith there's something going to be good. And then miraculously, and this is truly miraculous. It doesn't always work this way. But when I get in there, the initial news is, is everyone is okay. No one has passed away. And I'm thinking, man, that's a miracle. And then I go into the first room and it's two of the kids and they're sitting there looking at TV and answering questions. And, you know, there's a little trivia cartoon thing on and one of the kids is just answering all the questions. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. The other one's like, I'm tired. I just want to go to sleep. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I go in the other room. It's a little bit more difficult. There's some other challenging circumstances, but no major injuries. Only broken clavicles from wearing their seatbelt. Please wear your seatbelt. Can I get an amen on that? Just save lives. And I know it's difficult, but when you see this situation, that all four people in that vehicle had no major incidents, I mean, no major injuries in an incident this way, is unbelievable. Also, thank God for Buick Enclave. Can I get an amen on that? Because... I'm sitting here thinking, how in the world could they survive this? And as we pray with the family and as we're walking and we're thanking God because all grandparents are coming in and we're all pulling everybody together and other firefighters there, we're just going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we're okay. But if I'm being honest and transparent with you, and I think you can relate to this, there are still circumstances, situations that go in that are not okay. And it doesn't turn out the way you hope for, although I was extremely grateful in this circumstance. You and I both know it don't always go that way. So here's my question is, do you have faith when it doesn't go your way? Are you full of, full of fear or anxiety? If something's going on, you're going, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Or do you have hope? Now, as I start trying to navigate my own life in this faith journey, I go back to scripture because this is where I start going, all right, I got a little bit better picture of what this means. Hebrews 11. What is faith? This is not Webster Dictionary. This is God's Word. He's going, all right, let me help you with this. The writer's helping us. It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. This is where I was battling, going, God, you know I want all these kids to be safe. You know I want this wife to be safe. God, I want everybody to work out. God, please help. And I know you can do that. I just don't know if it is. But God, I know. And this is where I go, confident assurance? I'm struggling with it. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. It's like, I can't see it. I don't know how it's going to be good, but I know somehow, some way, you're in control and that I can trust you with that. And the reason, this is just from me to you. Some people say, well, how can you be a police officer? How could you be a fire person? How could you be a chaplain? When you see all the bad. Well, here's the reason. Because we have to have faith. That there is some good out there. And we have to have hope. If we choose to live in the fear and the anxiety and the negative, you don't live at all. And there's no difference in your life either. So when you turn on the news, if all you do is go, oh my gosh, I have fear, I have anxiety. There's nothing good. I can't see anything. No, this is where you go back. No, my faith is not in the world that we're around. It is in the one who controls the world. Who has the ability to help and navigate it helps me. So if nothing else is personal for me, it's not just about this big world picture. It's about like for me, I choose to have faith to get through whatever it is that I'm going through. Because I can't do it on my own. So let me ask you, are you the type that you may have to say, well, I got to see it to believe it, Justin. So I have all these doubts and I have all these fears and I'm just the kind of, you know, I, I, if I don't see it, then I have all these insecurities and these fears. And I just, I just don't know if I can have faith that it's going to work out. Well, I thought of this illustration. I'm going to go ahead and put it on the screen for you because, believe it or not, we're four and one. Can I get an amen after that? So everybody's like, hold on a second. 
You better not count your chickens, Pastor, because y'all playing the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. I have faith. Kind of. Isn't that the way it is, though? Sometimes when our teams are playing, like if you're a Tennessee volunteer fan like Brian, he was like, man, we're going to do it. We're going to go through it. Then you see that ball kick through the field goal looking like it was flying sideways. And you're going, I believe, kind of. You know, you're like, we all, in football, we kind of get it because it's like, well, okay, our standing show, I got some fans. I believe, I'm hoping that it goes well. Tigers beating Florida. Everybody's like, they're not going to win. They are going to win. All the flip-flopping back and forth. But fans are like, I believe it. I'm, I mean, I have certain... <laughs> Assurance, even though I can't see it. And we kind of get it on that side. When you put it back in the real world, though, I mean, you get diagnosed with a sickness. Your career is in jeopardy. You get bad news. I mean, you start walking through all the and You're like, I don't know. Do I still have faith that God can do it, that God's who he says he is, and that it's going to work out? Or am I going, I don't know about all this. When the answer is not good, when it's not a good circumstance, so you go back to Scripture, you look at Hebrews 11, it continues when it shows men and their stories, women and their stories. These men of God in the days of old were famous for their faith. Are we going to be famous for our faith or infamous for our faith, right? By faith, believing God, we know that the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command and that they were all made from things that can't be seen. Now, why this is so fascinating and unbelievable and amazing? Thousands of years before there was a microscope, Thousands of years before there was a telescope, the writers of the scriptures were going, I can just look at what is out here and know there's somebody bigger than me. And I can tell you that there's more than we can visually see. We're talking about atoms and electrons. They had this concept and they were believing going, hey, God is big and he can do some stuff that we can't see because remember, they had heard stories of waters being parted. They had heard and seen all these miracles where they were talking about people who couldn't have children were having children, even old people. Like really old people, Abraham, Sarah. They, were talk, they had stories of boats that were so big that all these animals got, they were like, man, hey, listen, I don't know how it all works, but I can just tell you, there's some faith in there. And they began to say they were famous for their faith because they could see and trust that God was at work even in atoms and electrons when they didn't even understand that. Look at that. They were writing it down going, man, I'm telling you by faith I can see it. So then he continues in Hebrews eleven six 6 when he says, you can never ever, you ready for this, please God without faith. This is why for me it's a struggle and I want to make sure I keep working on it and developing it because I have my moments of fear and anxiety where I doubt it and I'm not really sure. But he's like, no, but listen, I want to be able to please God. So in order to please God, you're like, well, I just don't have a lot of faith. Well, this is the goal. Remember, just the faith the side of a mustard seed can change everything. It can move mountains, right? That was Jesus, not me. But in this process, he's like, you can't do it because it comes down to depending on him. When you're walking into a hospital and you think there's potentially three children have been killed, God, I got to have you. I am depending on you to give me the words to help me to be a comfort to be a peace to, for whatever the circumstance or situation is. You don't just go in like, oh, it don't matter. No, you're going, I'm depending on someone and something greater than me. When you're trying to make a career decision and you're trying to trust God, my son's, I'm in movies and I'm like, hey, Ian, don't forget, man, you better depend on him. Sure, as I told some friends walking in, you got to have relationships with people, but let me make sure I understand and we understand. All right, God, guide me, direct me, show me. I'm depending on you. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing. 
I have faith that you're in my corner. I have faith that you are looking out for my best interest. And I don't want to be full of fear and anxiety. And anyone who wants to come to God must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He's saying, no, when you're seeking me, I'm going to take care of you. This is the goal of why I tried to tell you in the beginning. Well, you are a little sluggish, you know. Dude, it's a big deal you're here. You made it. Why? Because it's a showing you. It's showing that you have a sincere desire to follow him. That's a big deal. God honors that. When you get up and you turn on the TV or you get up and you make it here, he's going, it matters. Because faith is not easy. So you have to keep seeking. You have to keep moving. And even in scripture, we have great examples of that. We have people that are described as the hall of faith, guys. We have hall of fames and sports and music and everything else. But these are the hall of faith, guys. This is Noah. When he was told to build a boat, didn't make any sense. I'm going to do it. Abraham and Sarah, when you can't have kids, you're too old. I'm going to do it. Rahab, a prostitute. This is where I always go back to when you think about, well, you just godly people. You know, that's what faith is. Rahab was a prostitute that God used to save the people of Israel. Because she had faith and she trusted God in the midst of all that was going on. You have David, who had... (laughs) You already know this, right? Committed adultery, committed murder, but yet still his faith to receive the forgiveness and a fresh start and to move in a new way. These are the people that God used. Moses, murder. He killed someone, but God used him to deliver the people of Israel and even to walk through water that had been parted by God by faith. When you get up to that water, you go, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this circumstance or this situation or this diagnosis. But when you get there that you have a faith in someone bigger than yourself, something bigger than that's on this planet, it's a God who cares. And so when you have a tendency to go the other way, you have anxiety and fear. And well, it's just happenstance. I don't know what's going to happen. No, trust him. Lean into him. Sincerely seek him and let him reward you in that journey. Hebrews eleven thirteen. these people of faith I have mentioned died without ever receiving all that God had promised them. You can remember, some of them didn't even make it to the promised land, but they had believed. They didn't even get everything in their home, but they saw it all awaiting them ahead of them. And they were glad, for they had agreed that this earth was not their real home, alien, but that they were just strangers visiting down here, alien reference too. Now, this may shock you, but you're an alien. When you follow God, when you put your faith in Christ, you are an alien. These great people of faith were aliens because they were going, this ain't my home. I'm not worried about all this stuff going on. I know that I live somewhere else. I know that my hope is somewhere else. I know that my faith is in another location. And I know it's prepared for me, and I believe that. And so as I navigate all this going down here, my hope, my faith is in what I cannot see. And I'm an alien. And this is the thing. You ready for this? Our faith, our actions should make us strange. So this is why when you walk into a room and everybody else may be freaking out, I'm like, God, let me represent you and help me to be a form of peace in the chaos. Why? Because maybe, just maybe, in that moment, someone can go, man, I needed that peace. Or when everybody's fighting and arguing and it's real ugly, I went on a scene when they were all, and like, God, let us, when we walk in there, help us to bring it down. 
When you walk into your home and it's chaotic and maybe somebody didn't do right and the test is wrong. And I mess this one up more in my home than I do in the world because you know how that is. Sometimes it's easier when you walk out in the world to kind of get your head right. And then you walk home and you let down your guard. Next thing I know, you embarrass yourself. And you're like, God, I was horrible today. My kids will tell you that. Ask them. And this is my whole goal. God, let me be wherever I am. Let me demonstrate it. Let me know that my faith is strong. And in every circumstance, let my actions demonstrate that I know you. Let it be so strange that someone say, why does he act that way? Why does she act that way? When you go to work or in school or whatever circumstance you're in, be strange, be an alien, be different. Now, if you need another reference, 1 Peter chapter 2. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens, number three, and temporary residents, not to give in to the desires of your old nature, which keep warring against you. See, you're, you're an alien in a different place. In this world, this is why it's so tempting because it's not normal for us. If you're trying to follow Christ and you're trying to develop your faith, then there's all these temptations and all these distractions. So he's like, man, I know it's warning against you, but listen, live such good lives among the pagans that even though they now speak against you as evildoers, they will as a result of seeing your good actions. Oh, this is why you keep saying to do good. This is why I keep telling you. To make sure that when we walk out there, we represent him in every way possible. This is why a custom pastor struggles. Pray for me right now. Pray for me. Give glory to God on the day of his coming. Why? Because our actions, whether that is what we say or whether it is what we do, it matters because it is an example. When you live a good life, it has an impact. It does something to us. And sometimes you need to know and believe that there is a God and he is showing up. When your faith is doubting, when you're just at a low point, you're going, God, show me a sign. Help me, God. I need to know you're real and help me to live in such a way that when people see it, they go, man, that's what I needed. Thank you for being here. You encouraged me. You helped me. And I talked about you being in the room today, but I'm going to give you another story that kind of really blows my mind. When COVID happened, we realized that all these people are watching around the United States and even around the world if they've been deployed or whatever. So there's people maybe watching in Iraq this morning, Afghanistan. There's people watching in Washington, Hawaii, Florida. And I say Florida because on the last vacation this past summer, me and my wife had gone to Destin with our kids and our family. And we're out just walking this little shopping center and we're enjoying our life and, you know, just having fun cutting up. And I'm walking down, and all of a sudden, this woman stands up in the middle of this shopping area. She's at a restaurant. They were eating on this patio. Justin! And I'm like, don't know her, mom. No, honey, I promise you, I don't know her. And she's like, who is that? I'm like, I don't know her. My kids are like, this is weird, Dad. And so I'm like, I don't really know. And she's like, starts crying. So I'm kind of making my way. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, and she was like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what's going on? Me and Angie walk up. My kids literally kind of walk off. They're like, I'm getting away from this. This is weird. But it's a husband and a wife and a child. They go, we were stationed at Barksdale. We started coming to church and we got deployed. And then we got moved. And then COVID, he was a nurse. He worked in a hospital. And he goes, man, he's been so depressed. This wife is telling me, my husband's been so depressed. COVID just literally just beat him up. Then he had an injury in the workforce and 
took him to another level of depression. And we just keep tuning in. We keep watching online and watching online. And he's been so depressed, he wouldn't leave the house. And I looked at him, and I said, honey, we have to get out. Our kid needs to get out. You cannot stay in the house. You're going to miss life. And I'm telling you, honey, we got to move. We got to find some way to get out there. She goes, I was telling him, Justin, today. And it took everything that I had in me to convince him that if you'll just come out of the house, if you'll do it, then it's going to get better. Somehow there's going to be a, a, a light that comes on and you're going to begin to see that there is life out there. and It'll give you hope and you don't have to live in the fear and the anxiety. And I look up, Justin, and you're walking down the sidewalk. And I look at him and the whole time she's telling me this dude is just weeping in his chair. And she goes, and you were the sign that we needed. That there was hope that it's going to be okay because we watch online, but I never thought I'd see you. And then I said, look, like we got to pray because I want to be able to seize this moment and realize what God's done because it's building my faith. And everybody who runs computers and cameras, when you're going, it don't matter. I mean, whether you clap or you're here or not, listen to me. For somebody out there, for somebody on today's message, it matters a lot. And I needed to be reminded and I found this picture because they watch again this morning. Good morning. And they said, can we just take a picture and then you just know that it matters to me today? That it matters to a kid that was eating to go that, hey, your dad's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. That I'm not going to let fear and anxiety control me to the point that I can't live. I'm not going to experience the life and the, the goal that Jesus had promised, a life more abundant. And as we walked off, me and Angie, I got back in the car or whatever, and you know, you just kind of get emotional because you're thinking, God, that you even allowed me to be a part of that? It's humbling. And you think, oh, God can't use me. I'm like, if he's using me, trust me. Using this alien, he can use you, alien. <laughs> and you go, well, what does it look like when we get used? I'm going to be honest. This is why it's by faith. This is why you keep trying to figure that out. You know what an alien looks like right now, don't you? If I put this image up, you're like, I know him. But I got cute aliens too. You know these cute aliens. Seen Toy Story? You're like, oh, he's cute. I got famous aliens. How about this guy right here? Eat them on home. Remember him? If you don't remember him, you got spooky aliens. Alien. Walking in. Angie's watching Alien last night, ironically. She didn't know I'm talking about this. And I was like, that's funny, honey. But this is my favorite alien right here. I don't know if you know it, dude. That's my boy. Love Superman. Always had from the time I was a kid. He's an alien. He's a stranger in a strange land. He's got all these powers. He's able to do some awesome stuff. But here's what I'm telling you is all of these famous aliens, you kind of know. They're not from this planet. They're here. But there's no one more famous than Jesus Christ. These things come and go. I mean, they're only in little decades or time period. But Jesus has expanded all time. God has given us all these evidences, all these things to remind us, this is not your home. And I want you to look like me. We need to look the same as aliens. And when you have faith in this incredible person of Jesus, it changes the way you live. And you go, well, what does it look like to have faith? What should I look like? What are the signs of faith if you were to have any? Glad you asked. Jesus was clear when he told us this, Matthew 5. Are you ready for this? Great blessings belong to those who are humble. This is why in a world that's full of pride, you have to strive for humility. You cannot be prideful and arrogant. You got to go, okay, God, to humble me. God, please let me come in. 
Those who want to do right, you don't try to do wrong. You go, all right, you're raising your kids. You're trying to set the example. God, help us to do right. When everybody else is doing something, help us to do the right thing. To those who show mercy. And then when you come in a circumstance when there should be justice and you should be just, I'm going to hammer them. No, you're the person full of mercy and full of grace. Why? Because it's alien-like. Nobody should do that. They deserve everything. And then you go, no, I will show them mercy. He continues to those whose thoughts are pure in a world that's always trying to get you to think bad, to look at bad stuff, to think bad things about people. He's like, no, man, be pure in your thoughts. To those who want to bring peace. You talking about a world of division and anger and hate? You and I should be so full of these things, Jesus said, that you're alien-like, you're stranger. It's the way you behave. To those who suffer persecution for doing what is right. So you're going to not fit in. It's not going to be normal. You're going to be different. So let me ask you, how are you doing so far? If you look at these sides, you think about your workplace, you think about your home, you think about the world you live in, your school, your community. But let me go ahead and give you some more signs. As if we didn't have enough to challenge us of going, all right, let me get this right. Galatians 5. But the spiritual nature produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So look at your Facebook Look at the way you treat people. Look at what you say. When you talk about are you full of love? Are you full of joy? Are you full of peace? Are you patient with people? Are you kind? Are you good? No matter whether you agree with them or not. In a world so political and so divided and so full of hatred. In a world that is not our home. You have been sent here on a mission. And you're supposed to look like the one that we emulate Jesus. And he says and if you're looking for a list. Here's a good one. If you're looking for how to behave, that Matthew passage, that's a good one. And I hear something, well, Justin, I hear you, brother, Justin. I appreciate this message, pastor. But I have faith, brother. But I just don't always show it. Do what? I'm sorry. Well, brother, you know I have faith. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I gave my life to Christ when I was a kid back in the day. And I'm, I'm just telling you, this world, no, I'm just telling you, this world is a mess and what it needs. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I hear you. But I just don't always show it like I should. I mean, I'm just not always acting like I should. I hear you. But you want one to punch you in your gut? You want one to just take one in your gut? Because this punches me in my gut. My brothers and sisters, if a person claims to have faith but does nothing, that faith is worth nothing. Well, you know I got a faith. I mean, I don't always act like it. I mean, I don't always, I'm not patient. I'm not, I mean, sometimes you just got to, you know, do what you got to. No, 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 no. Go back and look at the list. And so faith produces, a relationship with God produces peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control, including on your Facebook. So then he comes back and says, if you say you have faith, but you don't do anything, it's north nothing. Faith like that cannot save anyone. You can't show me your faith if you don't do anything. This is why I keep challenging. It's like everybody acts like you can claim to be a Christian, but yet when you walk out, you can just do anything you want to do and it don't matter. You don't have to treat people anyway. And then if you do, you want to kind of pick. Remember the Pharisee message? Go back a couple of weeks ago. Remember that one. Because they thought they were religious. They thought they had it all figured out. And Jesus came in and just brought the wood. He went gangster on them. Remember? The only people in the Bible that Jesus was rough on. It was the religious who had that pride and that arrogance. Well, I'm religious. Don't tell me how to act, and I'm going to do it. And he's like, no, that ain't the way it works. 
My brothers and sisters, right? He goes on. But I will show you my faith by the good I do. Why y'all keep talking about doing good? You can't earn your way in. You can't earn your way in. But you can sure prove to the world that you know him by the way you behave and the good that you do and the people that you help and the love that you show and the patience you display and the humility that you have. This is where it goes on. You believe that there is a God, right? That's good. But even the demons believe that. So some well, I believe in him. Well, okay, well, that's good. But that ain't enough. See, because it goes on the next thing, and they shake in fear, sure, but you fool, faith that does nothing is worth nothing. This is why when I grew up in church and everybody was supposedly doing all these different things, and I'd look back and go, we ain't changing this community at all. Why would you be a chaplain? Why do I keep challenging you to go do good? It doesn't do any good for us to act like we're Christians in here, and sometimes we still don't, but when we walk out there, the goal really is to change the world, to impact it. There should be alien sightings everywhere. How many times in our culture, there's an alien. I've seen an alien. Everybody talking about him. We should be talked about in the best possible way because of the way we believe and the way we behave. And belief doesn't matter near as much when you're trying to look at someone as the way they behave. Because if you believe one thing but behave another way, do you really get it? This is why James is going, man, let's cut right through it. You can say you have a faith, but you don't do anything. It ain't worth nothing. So I thought of this illustration. You're going to give me an example. I'll give you an example of faith in action. Some of you right now, you have, quote, a faith, but you've never gone through in baptism. This is Frenchy, man. This is what I, this lady came all the way from France. Watches in France, y'all. Let me say that again. France comes in and says, Justin, I want to be baptized when I get there. When she comes out of that water, she don't even speak English. I'm like, how do you understand me? Because I don't even speak English. She said, I love it. I pay attention. I try to grab everything. I get the scriptures, and I've been working on it. And, of course, I go, how in the world has this happened? But there we are at Silver Star. She's like, I'm going public. I want to put my faith in action. Acts 22, 16, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. You need a scripture? There's one for you. Some of you have been waiting. Well, one day I'm going to do that. No, this is your day. Come on. Put faith into action. Believing leads to action. Acts 8, when they believe Philip. As he preached the good news, they were baptized, both men and women. Why would they put this in there? Because they were showing you can't just say you believe. There turns into that, this belief turns into the way you behave. And baptism is just a simple sign of your faith. So that everybody from all generations from the beginning, even Jesus set the example of going, I am the alien, I'm going to ask you to do some weird stuff, but the reason I'm asking you to really go underwater, which is weird, and come back up again and do all that stuff is because I'm going to do it too. It will be a sign to the world that you are a believer. So when Jesus was baptized, as soon as he came out of the water, you ready for this? God himself opened the skies and God's spirit came down on him like a dove. And what did it say? It said, man, I am so pleased with you. Why? Because his action, it moved into action. It wasn't just you believe, well, I grew up that way. No, it's like some of you, man, you're depending on something that happened 30 years ago that your parents told you you got baptized. Well, I got a faith, you know that. But no, he's like, man, why wouldn't you just get baptized? Why wouldn't you just take the step to tell the world, your grandkids, your kids now, so that you can go, I am unashamed of that step because I'm going to put it into action. And that's just the beginning. That's just the simplest part. And the best I can figure, action pleases God based on these scriptures. 
that it ain't just about what we believe or what we think. Faith equals action. That is why we go to Mexico. That's why we go to Guatemala. That is why we go to Cedar Grove. That is why we do whatever we got to do to put faith into action. And over the next few weeks, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to put that into action. I'll give you another weird one. You're going, this is weird. It's strange. It's alien-like. When we do worship night coming up at Hurricane Alley, we'll have communion. And that's weird when people go, you mean the bread and the wine? And they're like, yeah, didn't he say that was his blood and that was his body? Don't make sense to us. It's strange. It's alien. But you know what it all comes down to? For us to remember the sacrifice and the power of that alien coming to our world, living a perfect life, sacrificing himself for us giving his body and his blood to cover our sins, to be the ultimate sacrifice. And then for one moment in communion, in the Lord's Supper, we pause and go, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. That's what we'll do that night. Singing songs, raising your hands, having a good time. But some people, I don't even understand. It's weird to me. You know, it's kind of, it's weird like, it's strange. It's alien because in those moments you're worshiping, you're giving your attention to something other than the people around you. You're going, all right, God, I'm focused on you. Even for a little bit in this song, or baptism, as we've already stated. Why are you going under the water? Because it's symbolism of his death and his burial. But he didn't stay in the grave. He came out of the grave. You talking about alien power? The power of the resurrection? You talking about hope? I've done two funerals this past week. And in the process, what, how do you give people hope in the midst of all that? Because the grave is not the end. We have the promise of the greatest alien who ever lived. That showed us he had the power to overcome even the grave. To give us hope. To give us faith, not to live in fear and anxiety, that the grave would even rob you of that. And then in November, not only do we have all this still coming on, we also have what we call the Thanksgiving time of the year. And everybody's familiar with the holiday where we eat food and watch football. But what we do is we take the whole month of November and we give you a chance to be thankful for what God's done. But then I challenge you to put your faith into action by doing what? By giving. When we're trying to provide clean water for people around the world and food for those that are hungry. And provide for kids that are in need around the world. And meet needs right here in our own community. And help this church. Why? Because when you do that, you're putting your faith into action. It's not just saying, I believe that. That's awesome. No, you're going, no, I will show you by my action. And you go, does it matter? Oh, I'll show you how it matters. Matthew 25, Jesus said, one day, this is what you're looking for. That all of the action that you had on this planet, all the strange behaviors, all the alien-like behavior, he will say to the same thing that he said to him on the day that he got baptized. Good job. Good job. You put your faith into action. Good job. Now I'm going to put you in charge of a lot because you were faithful in the little. Now I can tell you, you have proved. If you go back to that one last screen, real fact, uh, this is the word I wanted to point out. It's about proof. The way that you behaved, the things that you did, it proved to the world, it proved to God, it proved to anyone and everyone that you are who you say you are, and that I can trust you with a little, now I'll give you a lot. And then the last part of that passage, we go to the next screen, it says, you will share in your master's happiness. Just like when the sky's open, he said, man, good job. He's saying that when you get there, that everything we're doing now matters. So you don't have a career just so you can advance your career and have more money and live in a nice house. No, it's because there's something else at stake there that maybe there's a bigger calling. Maybe there's a bigger reason. Maybe if you're in the medical field, if you're in the police field, if you're in the teacher education, if you're in television, I know one of my friends walked in, this is the whole thing. It doesn't matter. It's not just about you. It's a bigger cause because you have faith in something bigger than your own success. And when your kids do the right thing, it makes you happy, doesn't it? 
In the same way, God says, man, when you do the right thing, I am so happy. Put your faith into action. Be an alien. And even the next couple of weeks, we're going all the way up to October 30th, I'm asking you to bring candy. Silly as it is, you're like, man, why am I bringing candy in here? What's candy got to do with the church? Well, because we're going to help common ground. Kids that are in need in our community to be loved on and somehow a simple gift of candy might could do that. We're going to partner with the boardwalk right there in Bossier and come down and go, hey, here's candy. We're helping pass that out. But here's the deal. They don't have the budgets. They don't have all the money. So when you, which is strange, would be willing to get even a bag of candy, bring it to church, and then we give it away for free to help people in our community. We're not doing trunk or treat. We're not doing a fall. No, we're going to help people that are doing all that. And that's strange. It's odd. That's weird. But when we do it, maybe just maybe that one piece of candy would show love to a kid that needs it. And you get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of that. But not if you don't put your faith into action. What does candy have to do with anything? This preacher lost his mind. Candy can't do nothing. Well, I'm going to beg to differ. And I'm going to show you some aliens in action. And I'm going to show you that even through candy, God can work. And he might just want to work in our community in the same way. You just never know. Watch. Oh, look who's here. Hello. Cameo. <laughs> Back in February, Zoe was diagnosed with leukemia. And because her immune system is now compromised, she couldn't go trick-or-treating last weekend with all the other kids. In fact, her parents even had to put up a sign to keep others away. Sorry, no candy. Child with cancer. The whole purpose was just so that we wouldn't have to keep telling kids sorry and, and have disappointed kids. Never expected anything like this. Never expected those little ghosts and ghouls to be such saints. I just immediately started crying. There at the foot of the sign, trick-or-treaters left their Halloween candy for the child inside. Doorbell camera footage shows kid after kid making the same character-defining decision, mostly on their own. No grown-ups were there telling you what to do? No. We tracked down a few of the angels. She dumped her whole bag. Your whole bag? I wanted to give back to them. I wanted to give back to them. It's somebody's little girl. The empathy we heard and saw. Courtney says it was just the medicine her family needed. During this crazy time with everything going on in the world, just the gesture of, hey, we're all in this together, and just remind each other that there's still hope and love. <laughs> still hope, love, and much better role models than the ones we obsess over. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. How cool is that? Hope and love through simple, strange behavior. Let it be said of us, man. Would you pray with me? God, I know that there's people in this room that need you. Man, they may grew up in church and the, their faith was their parents' faith or something they had a long time ago. Maybe someone's even lost their faith. I pray, God, that they would see through today's message, just how much you love them and how much you care for them and how you have a plan for them, that you want to use them to change the world. You want to use them to be an alien in a strange world, to be able to, by our actions, by the way we treat people, by the way we model ourselves after you, that it would change our community, it would change our family, it would change our world. And I know what some are thinking, like, man, God, I can't do this. I don't know how to do it. God, me neither. And that's why we have to start with this broken humility. Jesus, come into my life, change me. 
Just like I prayed going to the hospital the night, God, I can't do this. I need you to help me. Help me to know what I need to do, what I need to say. In the same way, whether that's going to work tomorrow, school tomorrow, it starts with a daily dying. Jesus, just come into my life, save me. I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I can't do it, and I sincerely seek your help. Change me. Come into my life and give me a fresh start, a new beginning. Help me to be like you. And Lord, you say that when we pray a prayer like that, Jesus, you say you'll invade our life, and you will, by faith, prepare us to live on this planet and be prepared for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that for us and help us to realize how serious it is. And for someone who's waiting on that baptism thing, I pray, God, that they would say, this is it. I I need to take the step. Why? Because that simple step of faith, that action puts a smile on your face as our Heavenly Father. Help us, Father, to make you smile in the way we treat people and the way we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.